We're over in Ephesians chapter 5. Last week we began chapter 5, looking at verse 1. Therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ has also loved us and given Himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. So we were told to become imitators of God. And the word there for imitators is mimetes. To be an imitator, we get our word mimic from this word. We are to imitate God. He's the one we are to imitate. Not anyone else, but we are to become imitators of God. He goes on in the, in the rest of that. Walk in love as Christ has also loved us and given Himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you, as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Well, we're not to be partakers with the world. We're not to do the things that the world does. We're to stay away from that. So he picks up in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So once, he says to the Ephesians, he's writing to them, he says, once you were in darkness. So here's a question. Were we all in darkness? Now, the, the easy answer in this is, yes, of course we all were. Except we understand that when we are born again, or when we are born into this earth, we're not born into darkness. We are born in light. We have an understanding of God. And there's an understanding of God on the inside of us that we know God. And that's why we have the age of accountability, that if a child dies without rejecting Jesus, they're on their way to heaven. That there is some point that we, we either say yes or no to the light as it is, as it is brought to us. So if you are a child who is born on this earth, and when you reach that age where you must decide, and you decide yes, were you in darkness? Now he says, once you were in darkness, he's writing all of them, isn't he? Except when he went to Ephesus, how many Christians were there? Paul went to cities where no one had gone before. He was the Captain Kirk of his day. He did not want to go where anyone else had gone before. He wanted to go to the places that no one had gone before, before they got there. And that's where he went. So when he went to Ephesus and all the nearby cities, he went to places that were heathens, heathen cities, idol worshipers, didn't know any better. And they were certainly in darkness. Ephesus was certainly a city in darkness until Paul came along and brought them the light. And they received the light. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power for all patience, long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness... And conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Now, here's the thing. We may not have been in darkness, but we were conveyed from the power of darkness. 
in this world, we're in a world of, under the power of darkness, in this world where the God of this world is Satan. And we are transferred from being members of this one to the next one. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Except, when does He do that? Are we delivered from the power of darkness at the time we become born again? Or were we delivered from the power of darkness when Jesus Christ defeated Him? Uh huh. <laughs> well, when you become born again, does Jesus defeat the devil all over again? No. When we become born again, we walk into a victory that has already been secured. So the defeat of the, of the kingdom of darkness is past tense. It's not ongoing. He's already lost. And we step over into that victory. So it's a past tense thing. What Christ has done at the cross. He defeated Satan once. Doesn't have to keep going, going and defeating them. We do not ever have to walk in darkness. We can be born into this world, born in light, because the young children know a whole lot more about God than it seems some older ones do. And as they grow older, they become either hard to it or stay soft to it, whichever, they, whichever direction they go. And certainly parents have a lot to do with that. But you could take the children of unsaved people and talk to them about God, and they got a whole lot more understanding of it than their parents do. We're not in darkness just yet. Thank God, the Word of God tells us that we were born, and there's a certain amount of light that we are born into. And you can take the, the revelation of that light and go on with it and go into things deeper. Or, or not. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. First John 1, verse 6, If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in light as He is in light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. So, to have fellowship with Him is to walk in light. If we are walking in the light, we have fellowship with Him. If we do not have fellowship with Him, we are in darkness. If we are in darkness, we are not in fellowship with Him. Now, which one comes first really makes no difference. If we are in darkness, we have no fellowship with Him. We are in darkness. It is easy to find people who are in darkness. It is hard for people in darkness to know they are. There's a whole lot of people that are in darkness, folks, and have no idea that they are there. But if you are in the light, it is really easy to see people who are in darkness. People who are in darkness are closed to the truth. Shut up from it. Will not receive it. People who are in the light are not afraid of what the world understands as truth. They're not afraid of it. They're, we are not afraid of the truth the world holds to of evolution, are we? We're not afraid of it. If you want to talk about evolution, come on, let's talk about it. But you look at the folks in the world, and they are afraid of the truth of creation. That's why they block it from schools. 
That's why they ban the discussion of the name of Jesus. That's why they block a lot of these things because they are afraid of the truth because they're in darkness. And this is something alien to them. We, as children of the light, are not afraid of darkness because darkness doesn't hold a candle to the light and we have no fear of it. Now, it's hard for us to really comprehend what people in darkness encounter. Because when they are in darkness and they encounter the light, it shakes them. They do not know what to do with it. They put it down in any way possible that they can. They are afraid of the light. Because you know what happens to darkness when light comes on the scene? It goes away. It cannot stand. This is why, you know, even in, this, in our country, we have seen such a, a, a pollution in the media and other places like that because they cannot stand the light. If they find a minister who is one who is preaching the things of the gospel, they will do anything they can to tarnish them. But if they find preachers who do not walk in the light, who walk in darkness... They do everything they can to promote them. Everything they possibly can to promote them. Take a look at some of the well-known preachers in our country right now. Al Sharpton. What do you think of him? The man walks in the things of the world. The man walks in things that the world embraces. And the world embraces the man. Why? And why is it that you can find some other ones and as soon as they find any blemish on them at all, they publish it. But if they find the same blemish on people who embrace what they think, oh, no, 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 no. We can't do that. Folks, that's what we're going to get into a whole other political scene, scene here. You have got to be aware that anyone the media likes, there must be a reason for it. Why do they like them? What is it that they like about them? Because we're going to have some candidates that are unsaved and saved. We're going to have some candidates that will do the things that God wants done and candidates that will do the things that God does not want done. And let me tell you what. The media can pick out the ones that are in the light and they will do everything they can to put them down. Who are you molded by? The media or God? Do you follow after people like the Reverend Al Sharpton? I don't even know why he has reverend by his name. I haven't seen a single thing he has done for the Word of God. Now, if you all know something he's done for the Word of God, you let me know, because I don't know a single thing he's ever done for the Word of God. All he does is promote causes that are anti-God. There's other ones out there, too, that go by the name reverend. And they do nothing for God. But the media talks about them, holds them up high. Who are they? But then you've got a guy like Fred Price or Creflo Dollar, and every opportunity they get to tear them down, they will do so. All they do, well, what are they doing with their money? Well, how come they can build such a big thing? Well, what about this? How come they say this? And all, so, there are people who stand for the light, they become targets. You know what? People who stand for the light are not perfect. But the people who stand for darkness don't have to be. They can be any kind of imperfected they want to be. He says it here. But if we walk in the light, as he is in light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins. Verse before, verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk 
in darkness. We lie and do not practice the truth. If you want to know some of these candidates, where they stand with God, if you want to know about some of these people who have reverend before their name, how they stand with God, you look at what they walk in. Do they walk in truth or do they walk in darkness? Because you are a child of light and you should be able to see it easy. You should have no trouble seeing what's going on. Are they light or are they darkness? He says, if we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness. Got a whole lot of folks in this country, folks, who want to stand up and say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian because it's popular to be a Christian and maybe you might you know, get somewhere. But it's only popular to be a Christian to so, to so far. You have to be a Christian but believe in the possibility of evolution. You have to be a Christian and believe that all the events that are going on in the end times are, well, maybe this global warming. You have to be a Christian and believe that, well, maybe government can solve all of our woes. Government is really the one we should rely on. No. No need to be that way at all. Walk in the light. That's all we need to do. So you make sure you keep your eyes open on these things. Look for people that are walking in the light. Not in darkness. It's easy to tell. Because you are a child of light. It is easy for you to tell one who is in darkness or one who is in light. Is it not easy for you to tell when a Creflo Dollar steps up to the podium and preaches from the Word of God and when Reverend Al Sharpton comes to the podium and does whatever he does? Is it not easy to tell the difference between those two men? Glory to God, it sure is. When Billy Graham steps up to the podium, is it not easy to tell that he is a child of light? It is not hard to discern these things because we are in the light. If we were in darkness, it would be hard. And the reason that the media comes after these guys that are in the light because they don't understand it. They're afraid of it. They're scared of it. And so they will use whatever they can to try and put that light out. Romans 13, verse 11. And do this knowing the time that now is, now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Well, it's even nearer now, isn't it? The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no provision. Don't make provision for the flesh. We do not want darkness to be upon us. We do not want darkness to be embraced in us. We must be on guard against darkness. We have the light. We don't have to be afraid of darkness at all. If anyone wants to debate you, darkness and light, glory to God, come on. I got the Word of God. Come on, what do you, what do you want to know? And just talk to him about it. Well, how can a good God allow evil in the world? Oh, that's no problem. Come on over here. Let's talk about that. Let's get into the Word of God and see what the Word of God has to say about it. But see, people in darkness are afraid of that. They're afraid of the Word of God. They don't want the Word of God in our schools. They don't want people praying. They don't want the name of Jesus used in our schools. or, or any, They want all that out. They want the Ten Commandments taken off of courtrooms that have been there for hundreds of well, hundred years or whatever it was that they've been there because they're afraid. We are not in fear of the darkness. The darkness is in fear of us. 
because it gets driven out as soon as we come on the scene. We got the light. There is no lie that the light in you will not expose. There is none. So because of that, you come on the scene and you're going to have some, you're going to have some trouble. People are not going to like you all that much because you expose it. You expose the, the, the problems with it all. If you put in your outline, if you are out of fellowship with the Lord, you are first off in the flesh. If you are out of fellowship with the Lord, you are in the flesh. That's what he tells us in here. Let's keep on reading in verse, uh, verse 11 again. And do this knowing the time that now is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Now Paul hasn't got into the, the armor that we will get into, the armor of light as it's called here. But he will let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. So we put on the armor of God and we don't walk in these things as Paul has already taught us in Ephesians. This is mimicking the Gentiles. This is mimicking the things of the world. We don't do that. We mimic the things of God. We mimic who he is. If we are out of fellowship with the Lord, we are in the flesh and we are walking in darkness. There is no mistake. If you are out of fellowship with the Lord, you are in the flesh and you are in darkness. If you are out of fellowship with the Lord. Now, the opposite is true of that as well. If you are in fellowship with the Lord, you are in the spirit. If you are in fellowship with the Lord, you are in the spirit, not in the flesh, in the spirit. And you are walking in the light. So when we see these people who get up and begin to proclaim things before us, if they have a reverend in front of their name or not, and they begin to proclaim things about God, and we look at their lives, and their lives clearly demonstrate they are out of fellowship with God, what will they spew out of their mouth? Flesh. Darkness. If they are in fellowship with the Lord, if we see from their lifestyle that they are in fellowship with the Lord, we see that they are walking in light, in the light, then when they get up and say something, it should be in the Spirit. Walking in the light. That's why it's really easy to tell. Should I listen to this person or not? It shouldn't be hard at all for us to figure all that out. In verse 8, we have both positional and temporal truths at work. Going back and read verse 8 again. For you were once darkness, that was our position, but now you are light in the Lord. That's our position. Now, walk as children of light. This is temporal truth. This is how we should be walking now. So positionally, we were once in darkness. Positionally, we are now in the light. Therefore, we should walk as children of the position that we are in. Works for God can be produced whether we are in or out of fellowship. You can produce works for God whether you are in or you are out of fellowship. Works for God are not just done because you are in fellowship with God. You can do works for God in fellowship and you can do works for God out of fellowship. Do you understand that? How many times we go through the, the Old Testament? And Samson, in fellowship, out of fellowship. 
He's out of fellowship most, most of the time. I mean, come on, he's, he's in the harlot's house. And then he comes on out and starts killing Philistines. So he produced a work of God, but he was out of fellowship. Def, you cannot come from the harlot's house. Cannot do it. And, and, be in, and be in fellowship with God, can you? That's, that's not possible. I heard one person talk about it not too long ago. They said, you know, if your call is to be killing Philistines, you shouldn't be sleeping with them. <laughs> right? right? But Samson was not living up to his call. He was supposed to kill Philistines and said he was mixing it up a little bit. He was going in the wrong direction. Works for God can be produced whether we are in or out of fellowship. But only in fellowship are the works of the Spirit. If we are in fellowship with God, the works that we do for God are of the Spirit. And they count. Now, here's, here's, a, here's an example. If, if you can picture this on the, on, the, uh, on the sports field. If it's football season and a guy makes a wonderful catch stretches himself out, puts those hands out there, maybe even gets one hand on it, pulls the catch on in, but he's out of bounds. Will it make the highlight reel? No catch, no play. I mean, he caught the ball, but he's out of bounds. So it's, it don't count. If the hitter comes to the plate and belts a ball way out into the stadium seats, but it's foul. Does it count? No. But he hit it just as far. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It has to be in the field of play. And so it's the same thing with the works of God. It needs to be in the field of play. The field of play is in the spirit. If we want to go to God, but look at that great catch I made of you. You're out of bounds. <laughs> but what about that great hit? It's a foul ball. Your, your works are in the flesh. We're looking at how far the thing went, how spectacular the catch was, and God says, you're out of the field of play. You're in the flesh. Now, the flesh is a whole lot wider than the field of play. But God says, I need you in the field of play. This is, this is, this is the realm. This is the area of the, spirit, of the Spirit. This is where we need to order our behavior. Paul puts it later on in the epistles, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The actual Greek says, order your behavior in the sphere of the, of the spirit. Stay in the field of play. Only in fellowship are the works of the spirit. He goes on in verse 9 of Ephesians. For the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. We all want to produce fruit of the spirit. Is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord? Well, finding out, or, uh, finding out in this translation, if you go to the King James, it says proving. They both mean revealing. Revealing what is, the accept, what is acceptable to the Lord. When I walk in the realm of the Spirit, when I stay in fellowship with God and I produce light, Walk in that light. I am proving to the world what is acceptable before God. Now, see, a lot of these folks out there who got this name Reverend before their name, and they go around, they always use it. The Reverend so-and-so. 
whole lot of them out there. I don't know what it, I don't know anything they do that that is reverend about them at all. But they'll go out there reverend and reverend and reverend. Always got to be called reverend. But all you see out of them is flesh. That's not proving what is acceptable to God. That's proving what's acceptable to the world. And it's making what is acceptable to the world appear to be acceptable to God. Great is their punishment. You try and mix what is acceptable to God with what is acceptable to the world and pass that off as God. I do not want to be those people on Judgment Day. Word of God says teachers will incur stricter judgment. You want to take on that title, you better live it. We've got an awful lot of folks out there got that name reverend somehow, mail order or whatever they did. Don't know how they got it, but whatever they did, they got it. They, but they're not living in the light. Terrible what they're, is they're doing. And putting down, these guys, I've heard some of them, they put down true men of God. True men of God that are out there teaching the Word. Line upon line, precept upon precept. Delving into the Word of God. I wonder if some of these guys even know a book of the Bible. Put Creflo Dollar up against the Reverend Al Sharpton anytime. He'll run circles around him in the Word. But the world won't accept Brother Creflo. They won't accept Brother Price. Will they? Won't accept Brother Hagen. Now, now they, they're 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 fruity. They're nuts. Now they, they believe stuff like, now we want more Al Sharptons. I don't want more Al Sharptons. I want less Al Sharptons. I want more Creflo dollars and Fred Prices. Brother Hagen's, Copeland's, and I can't even think of all the other guys out there. But good men and men and women who, who dig into the Word of God. Not these guys who just take the world and try and make it palatable and pass it off as something of God. That's wrong. That's wrong. They are, they are passing off what they're doing. They have fellowship with God. And folks, these, these people do not have fellowship with God. How do you know that? How can you pass judgment on them? It's easy. You can look at their life. You can look at their lifestyle. You look at the words. That, I listen to the words that they say. The words that they say identify them. They are not of their Father God. Jesus identified religious leaders of His day. John identified religious leaders of His day. You're not of God. You have your father, the devil. You make your father twice as fit for hell as you are yourselves. I think He put it pretty clear. If there is a preacher out there that the, that the media likes... I immediately wonder if I should. Because anybody that the media likes, folks, anyone that the media likes, there's, there's got to be something going on with the world. They have mixed it up with the world somewhere. I want a preacher that the media hates. I want one that they despise. Then I'll, then I'll get my attention. You know, when they go out there and they attack Brother Creflo Dollar, I'm saying, boy, I'm, I must be on the right track. He must be good. <laughs> When they're out there ripping up Brother Fred Price, Brother Kenneth Hagin, I know, oh, these, these got to be men of God. They would not pay this much attention to them if they were not. They are walking in the light. We want people walking in the light. Because we're in the light, we enjoy it when other people are in the light and they expose the things from the light. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw... Each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will 
be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Now, this is not talking about people who have embraced the world and fellowship with the world and passed themselves off as believers. This is talking about believers who are intently trying to follow after God, but are walking in darkness or walking in the flesh and are producing works. He's just saying your works will be burned up. Not talking about people that know I am spouting darknesses and trying to pass it off as truth. Those folks, they are, there is not a place in heaven for them. There is a special place someplace else. But it is not in heaven. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. We need to, as we already said, reveal what is acceptable to the Lord because we are walking in light. We walk in light. Now, here's a real tr truth teller on this thing. You who walk in light know you do not have to coerce anyone to walk in light with you. You who walk in light, if another desires to walk in darkness, you bring to them the truth, and if they desire to walk in darkness, well, all right. Go ahead. But people who are in darkness are not content to be in darkness themselves. They want to take people that are in the light and bring them into the darkness with them. They will insist upon it. And they will, they will try everything they can to bring you, bring you in. No, you need to stand up for the light. But we don't have to, we don't, we don't feel compelled. So it's hard for us to understand this compelling of people who are in darkness that we must bring you in. No, no, no. You, you cannot teach creation in our schools, but you must study evolution. You must know it in and out. But we don't have to teach a thing about creation, but you must know. We're going to teach your kids evolution. They are going to have to learn evolution. They're going to have to learn all the religions of the world, but not Christianity. We're going to teach them all the religions of the world, but not Christianity. Why is it that they're so content? We're in the light, folks. Sometimes we need to just get in their faces about it and just let them know, you can't do this. You can't do this. They, they get away with it because no one fights them. If you've got kids in public school, you make sure you get in their faces and you fight them. I got to the place where I look forward to fighting it. And our, our guys, oh, yeah, give me a battle. Give me a battle. Oh, I do. I've talked to principals, several principals. I talked to the principal of North Penn when Christian was over there on a book that they were assigned. And I let them know he will not be reading it. He will not be graded on it. And you will not give him another book like this next summer either. And if you do, he will have my permission to not read it. You can do You know what? He didn't have to read it. <laughs> Get involved. You are of the light. Bring it to the light. All right, if you want to read, make them read this book about all these different religions and how they all get along, how about if I give him this book about Christianity? What about that one? And he'll do a book report for you in school. I'll have him do a book report on that one in school. Well, no, 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 he can't. Get in their face. You are in the light. They try and intimidate because they're in darkness. And darkness, it, it cannot chase away the light. All it can do is get you to put that light under a bushel. Don't put it under a bushel. Keep it out. 
you are of the light. Verse 11 in Ephesians chapter 5. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Don't have any fellowship with it. You know, there's a whole lot of things in these worlds. Now, you all know about global warming. And global warming is a work of darkness. It is a work of darkness. That's why we've gotten so passionate about it over here and tell you about it. Because global warming is a way to explain what the Bible says will happen. Global warming is a way to get to regulate people to come under, first off, more regulation, more control, and put the push on for a world, uh, world uh, order. So it's their, their goal for it. They can get this accomplished. And the, we're already talking about because of global warming, to have a global tax and global control and, and all these different things to get everybody under the same thing. It's just a, a way to con- conceal it. But see, we're in the light. We can see it. And we don't buy into it. And so when global warming stuff comes up, get on out there and talk about it. What, you believe that hoax? You believe that stuff? I heard one candidate who was talking was asked the question, do you believe? And they said, yes. And they said, well, I don't really know how far it is or, you know, how much man contributes to it. And, uh, well, that's just ridiculous. I want somebody who's going to stand up to it. Who was the, uh, the guy? Um, I know last year, or last time we had the presidential election, there was uh, the guy from TV. He stood up when he was asked about global. Oh, boy, did he give it to him, too. I thought, oh, this guy's good. He didn't make it very far, though. There's another guy, though, this year who seems to be taking up his, his role. Uh, I always get his name mixed up. I think it's Harold Kane. Is that my getting the name right? I've only heard him on the radio during the debate, the first debate they had in North Carolina. And dear Lord, he got my attention. <laughs> I said, oh, man, this guy can talk. Oh, I like the way he answers questions on this thing. And he got into that whole global warming thing, and he put it out there just as clear as you could. You could I could tell just from listening to this guy. I don't know where he came from, but I have a pretty good idea. He's, he's walking in fellowship because I heard some of the answers he gave, and it's like a, this man walks in light. He understands some things. Glory to God. I don't know anything about him. Anybody else know anything about him? Harold, I think it's in the cane. Is it cane? Oh, I tell you what, I want to find out some more stuff about him. I understand he hasn't, he's never run for anything. I'm not saying I'm voting for him. <laughs> I'm just saying I want to find out about this guy. This guy sounds pretty good. But then some other ones have come on out. You know, uh, Bachman is coming out. She, you ask her something on these things. You ask her something on the family. You ask her something on, on gay marriage. Let me tell you what, it's like getting an answer from the Bible. Holy cow. I heard her answer about gay marriage, and it's like, wow. Incredible. Really, really good stuff. So we got some candidates up there that are talking light. Now the media is going to find every opportunity to put them down for stuff that makes no difference at all. <laughs> well, that's what they do. They can't understand the light. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. That means the things that are of darkness. When people are out there and they're they're spouting this thing about evolution. Have no fellowship with it. Don't have any fellowship. You, well, I need to talk about evolution just to get along with these people so I can get in there and witness to them. That's wrong. Evolution is false. Evolution is a lie. Expose it. I heard one person put it this way. You know why they're missing links? Because they don't exist. 
They've been missing for a long time. <laughs> That's why there's missing links. Don't, don't get in there while well, I got to, you know, entertain it. You know, because scientific people, you know, we, we, we got we to gotta do this. I heard that this, this, uh, said about this one candidate who embraced global warming. Well, finally, we got someone who, who embraces science, science. It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, man, but that's what they'll do. Have no fellowship with it. Stand up on, on these issues, on, on gay marriage. Stand up on it. What does the Word of God have to say about it? You know, on global warming, on things like this. Stand up about it. What does the Word of God say about it? If the Word of God doesn't have an opinion on it, then big deal. But does the Word of God have an opinion about it? Does the Word of God have an opinion on, on capital punishment? That opinion of the Word of God may differ from yours. But does the Word of God have an opinion on capital punishment? Sure does. It says, yeah. <laughs> it says, yeah. If you do this, this, and this, you die. And if they didn't execute it properly in the, the way God thought, then He just opened up the earth and took care of it. Sent fire down from heaven, burned them up. Sent serpents, bit them. He did all kinds of stuff. He said, look, if you're not going to do it, I'll do it. <laughs> but He said a certain number of things. If you do this, this is what happens. This is what should happen. Well, they repented. Great. They'll be in heaven. <laughs> oh, man. Does the Word of God have an opinion on it? Then you hold to what the opinion of the Word of God is. doesn't matter if you like it, agree with it. makes no difference. Does the Word of God have an opinion on it? If the Word of God has an opinion on it, then stick with it. Then do it. Doesn't matter if you like it. I can't emphasize that enough. Does not matter if you like it. How many of y'all know it's taken us a while to get lined up as much as we are now? We heard some things in the Word of God. Oh dear, I don't know if I can do that. Oh man, really? Go that way? Mm. I heard a guy who was in, he was in front of me in Lowe's. Older, a gentleman older, just a little bit older than I was, and uh, he was talking to them. You know, he's in front with his wife, and they're buying these plants and. And things are going to go out there in the garden. And um, they were t somehow they got to talking. And he was like, yeah, I've been out of work now for 20 months. And the person behind the counter was, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, don't be. He said, this is great. I don't think I ever want to go back to work. So I think I'll vote these guys in forever. And can sit at home, not work. Said, this has been the easiest 20 months of my life. I thought, dear Lord, this man used to be a hard worker. And people have turned them into a non-worker and one who expects society to pay for him. Now, I'm not saying that everybody who's out of work has that attitude. They don't, thank God. But this one had picked up that attitude. Well, I've been out of work for 20 months now. They just keep paying me. I think we just keep on going like this. This is great. There are people out there that don't have a job and want a job and are looking for a job, looking for work, working hard to find work. And God will help them to do it. But is it, does God have an opinion about whether people should work? Doesn't matter if you agree with it or not, does it? God has an opinion about whether people should work. <laughs> and see, if you side with God, you're in the light. If you don't, you're in darkness. I'd rather side in the side of the light. Because I found out if I side with God in the light, no matter what the issue is, if the Word of God supports me on it, 
I'm fine. And you know what? We can bring that out in love and never have to insist that anyone line up with us. We can walk away from that and say, well, then, you know, just go on that way. That's fine. I'm going on this way. But people in darkness are always trying to pull other people into darkness, the same darkness that they are. It's not, it's not so. We should not, should not have that. It says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. If you have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, they can pull you in to the darkness that they have. Stay out of that. Don't get involved with that. doesn't say that you, you can't mingle, mix it up with some people that are unsaved and in darkness. Thank God we can bring the light to them. But don't have this close fellowship where you are relying on them or asking them for, for advice, asking them for things. Why would you ask advice of someone who's in darkness? Don't bother doing it. We don't need it. Don't need it. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. So who should we have fellowship with? Those who have fellowship with the light. Don't try and fit in or do as they do to make them feel comfortable. How many times have we been tempted with that? Well, I should just go along with this. Make them feel comfortable. Make them feel okay. Try and fit in. If I fit in, then maybe they'll accept me and then I can bring the word in. No, you'll you'll fit in because you've adapted some of the darkness. And then when you stand up for the light, they'll say, what in the world are you doing? Be one of light. Jesus was one of light. He walked as a child of light. He was a child of light. And when he had fellowship with sinners, what did they all do? Oh, man, bring us to the light. I repent. Because he stayed as a one of light. Not so with other people who have embraced darkness. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, don't you think they all started off probably wanting to truly serve God? But look how they ended up. Because they had fellowship with darkness. Don't have the fellowship with that darkness. Don't get involved in unfruitful works. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. How are we to expose them? I got an idea. Sinner! Blasphemer! <laughs> That's a good way to expose them, isn't it? Just stand up on the tabletop and point our finger. Verse 13. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. For whatever makes manifest is light. You know, there's a number of people that have become very well-known figures in this country that are bringing things to light that our country is going into. You know, I think of, of Glenn Beck. I don't get to hear about him all the time. I set up our recorder to record it. Most of the times, I, I just don't get to, to see it. But once in a while, I get to tune into something. I've enjoyed him because he always goes back into the book of Revelation. And he's bringing in how the end times line up with some of the things that we're going into and falling in, fall in a direction. But there is a man who's been attacked. And you know what? He's, we'll, we'll look at him as a Mormon. And that he doesn't have all the light that we do. And yet he's standing up and being more of a beacon than some of us who have more light. But they despise him. There's a reason that they despise him. Now again, I don't get to hear him all the time. I don't get to hear all this. So don't ask me about whether he said this. I don't probably don't know most of the stuff that he said. I get to see some quips and quotes and some things here and there. But um, 
And that's about all. They took them off the radio around here. Um, so I don't get to hear them. That's about the only place I got to hear them before was the radio. But they, they took them off the air around here. And um, and uh, that's just uh, something. But, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're coming against it. George Soros made him a target. Imagine having a rich guy like that who's going to make you a target. Now, I'm not trying to, you know, get behind Glenn Beck and you all to go out there and listen to him. Again, I don't hear him all that often. So. But he's, he's certainly one that's uh, making some waves, stirring some things up. But he brings things back to the Word of God. He brings things back to the founding of the country and what God did to bring this, this country around. And anyone who does that, who exposes the work of, of darkness, is going to be attacked. But here's how you do it. All things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. I've heard Glenn and I've heard a few others that are going around the same thing doing what he does. All they have done was taking on what is going on today with what we were supposed to be doing by the founding of the country. Going back to the Constitution, going back to the things, how they were laid out compared to what is going on now. Because you expose the works of darkness by bringing it to the light. Now that's just in the political forum. When we get into the Word of God, into the spiritual forum, you expose the works of the evil kingdom by bringing them to the Word of God, by bringing them to the light. And so, if they want to, so you got to know the Word in order to bring them to the light. You've got to know it. You've got to put that Word down the inside of you, so the Holy Spirit can bring that on out. So that when people come up and they say, well, why are these things happening? Why is it that the tsunami hit Japan? How could God let that happen? That's a question that the world asks. You know why they ask it? Because they're in darkness. They don't know. They look at that and say, well, I guess God does mean nasty things. Why would God do that? Why would God let the trade towers be attacked the way that they were and all those thousands of people die? Why would God do that? They don't understand. And so what you've got to do is bring their understanding to the light. Jesus was brought to a man who was lame from his mother's womb. And the disciples said, Who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Well, you see, their premise is wrong. Their premise is that someone sinned. In order for this to happen. And so what happens a lot of times. We get brought into to the wrong, to, to defending the wrong premise. Well I'm not sure who sinned. You know it could have been him. It could have been God. Or it could have been the parents. Not really sure who sinned. But you know. But, and we just go on. For, no, no, no. If you know the word. You can, you can expose the bad premise. And that's what Jesus did. He knew the word. And he said neither this man nor his parents. None of them. Nobody sinned. And then Jesus even goes in and he asks another situation. He says, do you think the people on whom the Tower of Siloam fell were worse sinners? I said, do you know? It's not it. You're not understanding why these things go on. You see, the question to Jesus when he asked them that, he says, the question is not why do bad things happen to people? The question to ask is, why aren't we all dead? <laughs> You keep going back to the question and say, well, why is it that this person died? What, what was special about them? No, you, you misunderstand it. You ought to ask the question, why aren't we all dead? Why hasn't God brought judgment upon everyone? See, well, you, but we've got to know the Word of God. You take the Word of God 
and it's light and you bring it to these things. And here's the reaction you're going to get with people. You're going to get some people say, oh, yes, that's the truth. Oh, I've been looking for the truth. Oh, this is so good. I've been wanting the truth. There it is. Ah, this is great. Now I've got the truth. And then you've got the other ones who are afraid of the truth. And when you bring the word of God in and you expose the truth, they come after you. Because we've got to put you out. We got to put the the torch out, you know. It's it's and that that's what they do. This tactic they do. Now here's a here's a character that will bring up a response no matter. Who, she she always brings up a response. Sarah Palin. If you say her name, either some people will say, oh yes yes so, good, or else they are just alive with disdain for the woman. But I tell you, how many people would have withstood the scrutiny of this? They, they put into the New York Times, when I, I don't know if you heard about this, the New York Times took something like several thousand emails while she was governor. And they said, we need the help of the readers of the New York Times to comb through all of these emails. You know, 25,000, 35, I mean, it was a lot of emails. Did anybody hear about the story? And so they asked for help. And so all the readers who wanted to got involved and they began to comb through Sarah Palin's email. How many of you all think that's right? <laughs> but see, that wasn't the question that they asked. It wasn't whether it was right. They said, we need to find some stuff. Will you help us? They all went through. And after about a week, the New York Times announced, well, all right, we put this project to rest. After all the people combing through all her emails, they couldn't find anything that they could twist or, t- or turn or do to, to make this woman look worse, worse. Couldn't find anything about it. They took a reporter and he rented the house next door to her to watch her and to write a book. How many of y'all would like that kind of scrutiny? I don't, I'm not saying whether I like the gal or not. I'm just saying, would you like that kind of scrutiny? Is that fair that that kind of scrutiny goes on? Is it fair what was done to her kids? It was fair the accusations that were made about her. But boy, I tell you what, they come out. Can you imagine anyone withstanding such scrutiny? We have politicians who have been elected to high positions in office. And we don't even know how they did on a high school paper. Why is there a difference between how we go after some and how we don't go after others? Because the media... And people like it can recognize light. If they see it, they're afraid of it, and they come after you. They want to tarnish you in any way possible. But if you are not of the light, if you are of darkness, you get a free pass. If you've ever wondered why that is going on in this country, to the degree that it is, it's simply because of darkness and light. Darkness and light. Light exposes a problem. So if light is going to expose a problem, you have got to disqualify the light. We've got to make it that people don't know the good that this light is doing. And so the Word of God has been brought to this. And we've had seen the Word of God undergo all kinds of attacks. And all kinds of things. And whenever they can find a church that is worshiping God, that has done something that they can twist or that they can say whatever they use it somehow, 
then they will bring that on out and say, see, the Word of God is wrong. Because they're trying to bring the, the light down. Glory to God. I thank God that the Word of God is always true. The Word of God is always light. Even if we who are followers of the Word are imperfect. I happen to know, I, I fully expect some people to be a little bit imperfect who are followers of the Word of God. And I'm okay with them being a little bit imperfect. I hope you are. We can be a little bit imperfect. We can put up with a little bit of imperfection. That's all okay. Are you bringing out the light? Are you working with the light? Are you doing some things good with the light? But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. We don't expose the works of darkness by pointing our finger and hollering at the top of our lungs, Darkness! 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 We simply bring in the Word of light. The Word of God that is light. What's the Word of God have to say on that? Well, the Word of God teaches us. Well, how did the world come into being? Well, the Word of God teaches us. Well, why does this happen? Well, the Word of God teaches us. And the more we can do that, and the more we can bring in the Word of God teaches us, the more light we bring on in. See, what happens is even in school, if some of your kids get up and say, well, the Word of God teaches us, and they, they shut that kid up out in the recess yard, some of the other kids might come up and say, what does the Word of God teach you? What does the Word of God have to say about that? Because they can't regulate that on the, on the recess area when you're out there talking amongst yourselves. They can't quite regulate. They'll let you they're finding a way, but they can't quite regulate that just yet. All things that are exposed, he says, but all things that are exposed. How many things are exposed this way? All things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. All things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. That's why we're always trying uh, government types, um, heretic types, people that are, are trying to pass themselves off as following after God but are really not. There are certain things that they try and hide. Because I know if we bring them to light too soon, then we'll chase you off. Right? The Jehovah's Witnesses. Right? They would, when they come knocking on your door, what do they tell you about Jesus? Oh, Jesus is great. Yeah, Jesus. Oh, yeah, He's our Savior. We believe in Jesus. We believe that He died on the cross for our sins. Yes. Yes, we, we believe that. But then as you get going, and you, and you see, they can't tell you this right off the bat. They, have, they know, I have to cover this up. We have to conceal this. We have to keep this under wraps. Because if you press them, do you believe that Jesus Christ was, these, or was and is the Son of God? Well, I don't know about the Son of God, but I mean, we, we believe that He was the highest of all God's creations. We believe that He was a great prophet. We believe His teachings set people free. But do you believe that He is God? <laughs> well, see, that's where we part company. You bring it to the light. People who are in darkness are always aware of what they must conceal. They are aware of what they must conceal. And they conceal it. I understand that if I bring this out, yeah, people aren't going to, they're not going to like this. Now, we've got to conceal this. We've got to make this not be quite the way that it is. All things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. 
bring the light in. When we pray for people that are in court cases, it's really easy to pray for people that are in court cases. You know how you pray for them? Do not ever pray for someone who's in a court case and say, you know, if, they, if a person comes to you and says, I'm in a court case, here's my, my thing, and, well, let's just pray. You know, well, obviously, you, from what you tell me, you should win. What's the Word of God tell us about that? Every, ways, every man's way is right in his own eye. Well, of course it is. We wouldn't have done it. It's right in our own eye. But this is, what, this is the way you pray. Father God, I thank you that the light comes on the, on the case and exposes any lie, exposes any work of darkness, because the truth will win out. I have prayed this for every single person who's ever come my way and prayed and asked me to pray about a court case. It's real easy. I don't even have to get in the Spirit and say, Oh, Father God, show me what's going on. No, I just pray. Father God, let your light come in. Let your light come in and expose what is darkness. Let it expose what is trying to remain hidden. Let's bring that out. Let's not let it be hidden anymore. Let the light come in. <laughs> That's all we need. Light exposes the problem. But light does not deal with the problem. Right? Light exposes it. Light does not deal with it. If you walk, if you go home tonight and you wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning with a craving for ice cream, and you lay there until about 3.15 until you finally decide, you know what, I'm going to get up and have some ice cream. And so you get up and you walk through the house and you are, don't want to disturb anybody else or attract attention to you rating the ice cream at 3.15 in the morning. And so you come on down and, you know, maybe some kids have left some things scattered around and you hit one of them. Oh, so you flip on a little light and the light exposes... The problems that are in front of you. But it doesn't deal with them. The light does not move the problems. The light does not clear out the room. The light just merely exposes the problem. And then you can either move the obstacle out of the way or navigate around it. it light does not deal with problems. Light exposes them. We have to deal with them. The Word of God comes in to expose the problem, but you have to deal with it. The Word of God will come in and it will expose the problem with a, maybe a political candidate. Maybe with a situation at your work. Maybe with a neighbor. It might come in and expose a problem with one of your kids. With a relative. It may expose a problem in all kinds of ways, but then once the problem is exposed, the light has not dealt with the problem. Who deals with it? You do. Once you have the light and you see, oh, here's the problem, now you've got to get in there and deal with the problem. But it's up to you. You've got to do it. Now, if our light is hidden, as the Word of God said, no, you don't, don't, don't hide it under a bushel. A city set on the hill cannot be hidden. Where's supposed to be cities on a hill? If, if you take that light and you cover it up, it's not going to help you, is it? If our light is hidden, it won't expose anything. If I walk into a room full of people that are in darkness, and I say, oh, I've got a light. I need to put a cover on this because everyone else is in darkness. And, you know, they'll, they'll see that I'm a person of light, so I need to cover up the light. And I need to 
not bring the light out. It's not good, is it? Word of God says, don't take that light that's on the inside of you and put it under a bushel. Bring it out. Bring it out. Don't stand up there and, and just say, problem. Bring the light out. Bring the answer out from the Word of God. What does the Word of God have to say about that issue? If you walk into school and you talk about creation and evolution, bring up what the Word of God says about this thing. Well, we know we're in a school board situation. You know They don't want to hear what the Word of God don't care what they want to hear. Bring it up. Talk about it. If you're going to talk about evolution, we demand equal time. Because that's the thing the world always likes, equal time. Everybody should have equal time. Everybody but the Bible. Everybody but Jesus. If our light is hidden under a bushel, then it will not expose anything. Therefore, he says, Awake you who sleep, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. That's a quote from Isaiah 16, verse 1. He's basically saying, Get rid of your sin and imitate God. Rise from your sleep. Arise from the dead. And Christ will give you light. In other words, when you're sleeping, when you're dead, got no light. He says, arise from your sleep. Awake from your dead. If you are dead, you're unsaved. If you're asleep, you're backslidden. Out of fellowship. Rise from your sleep. Awake from your sleep. Arise from the dead. And Christ will give you light. He'll give you the light. You can have that light going on in you. Get rid of your sin. Imitate God. Asleep, we have no light. If you are asleep, you have no light. But arise from, or actually the, the word there says, get out from the midst. Arise from amidst the dead. And you will receive it. You will receive light. We are called to be lights. So he basically says this in, verse, in chapter 5. Be imitators of God. Don't be imitators of the world. Take the light that is in you and allow it to expose the work of darkness. When you do it, it will bring attention to you and people will target you. But that's okay because just in a little while he's going to get into the armor of God. And this is why. Because he says what he's teaching us here in chapter 5 will make us a target. People will begin to say, hmm, we don't like this one showing up at meetings. We don't like this one coming out and saying some of these things. They're they're hard to argue with. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, they had a hard time arguing with the wisdom of Jesus. Eventually they said they stopped asking them questions. Because they couldn't stump him and he could stump them. He was exposed to them as the frauds as they were. I don't like this. This is good. People are not thinking as highly of us as we wanted them to think. We're not able to take them as far into the darkness as he's able to take them in the light. We've got to do something. We've got to extinguish this light. Jesus became a target. In the same way, Paul became a target. Peter became a target. John became a target. Anyone that our media that is sold out to Satan, sold out, anyone that they despise should get your attention. Anyone that they love 
you should mark. Why do they love this one? And we should never, ever want to get into a place where people love us that are in the world. They will not ever love you. They will never embrace you as long as you embrace the light of the Word of God. As long as you hold on to that light, they will hate you. Jesus said the world will persecute you. The world will despise you because of His Word. He said that. He promises that. If the world does not despise us, if the world has not targeted us, it's only because they haven't seen the Word of God in us as much. Let them see it. If the people at your school board know you by name, have a picture on the wall of you, that's good. As long as you are bringing the light and not just bringing an argument. Bring the light. Bring the light. Let them say, oh, this person is bringing that Word of God in again. Be the light that we're called to be. Don't put it under a bushel. You are learning the Word of God. You all have been students of the Word of God. You have gone after it. You have learned it. You have meditated on it. Now, when you get into the world and you see this world wanting to bring darkness into the school for our kids, when they want to bring darkness into our newspapers to spread amongst our neighbors, when they bring darkness on the TV to spread amongst the people there, darkness, 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 sin, 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 Stand up and be a light. It will make you a target. Don't quickly rule out someone that the media despises. Because if they despise them, it must be for a good reason. Find out what the reason is. Go check them out. First hand. Why do you despise this one? Is it, are they despised because of the Word of God that is in them? I heard something about Michelle Bachman. I didn't know. Did you all know that she raised five kids of her own and 35 foster kids? I didn't know that. I don't think the media knew it until she brought it out in one of the debates or one of the things that she was at and, and had a political career, successful political career, 35, I think it was, I think it was 35, it was 30-something, 30 35 foster kids, five kids of her own. Wow. That is something else. She serves God, loves the Lord. We need more people like that. I don't care if they're Democrat, Republican, or Independent. I don't care what they put on as a letter for the end of their name. What I care about is, has God chosen them? Are they willing to stand for the light? And I know the light. I can tell whether these people know the light. Listen to the people on your school board. Listen to the people that are teachers in your class. How many of y'all have gone to the... the the, the, parent, uh, the, the parent nights over at school. I've gone to the parent nights over at school and I'm looking for one thing. Which teachers have the light? Every time I've gone, I've looked for one thing. Which teachers have the light? Which teachers are in darkness? It don't take me long. We get five minutes with each teacher. Five minutes with each teacher. It's really easy for me to peg which ones are in the light and which ones are in the darkness. And I'll come on home to Christian and say, which one's your favorite teacher? And I'll, I'll nail it every time. Nail it each time. 
I'll know exactly which one is his favorite teacher. Which one's going to give you the heart? Which one don't you like the, the most? I know which one that is too. And I know why. Because they're in darkness. Because they're wrapped up in darkness and they're going to try and bring that darkness in. So I find out who are these teachers? What kind of darkness have they walked into? And I'm going to make sure that I feed my kids the light they need to combat that darkness while they're in there. And I'll ask him questions as he was going through the year. What's that teacher trying to teach you? What do they get into? And he'll tell me about it. Some of the things they get into. Do you know how to combat that? Do you know what the Word of God says about that? Try to empower him. Get him to, you know. So when he's in there, at least he has a wall that's up. Now that's darkness. And that won't get in on him. Because that's my role as a, as a parent. My goal is to help him stand up in the, in the school and to declare to them, no, that's, that's wrong. That's darkness. And to expose the light. This is what the Word of God says. This is what the Word of God has to say about that situation. I told you the story when I was in, I think it was my senior year in high school. And uh, we were in a, in a class, and we had a teacher that I did not like. I was very glad when I was finally done with this class. And uh, First off, I don't like English. There is nothing I ever liked about English. I never one time liked a single English class I ever had. No matter who the teacher was, I never liked a single English class I ever had. I don't like that you demand me to read books. And I didn't like that you demand me to break down sentences or write stuff. I didn't like it. Didn't say that's right. I just said I didn't do it. That's just the way it was. So this one time we got in there and, and this teacher, he brings out, and his question was, he started the class off this way, is Jesus Christ true or the greatest myth ever created? Boy, that got my attention real good. See, I was a quiet kid all through high school. I was not very vocal, but that got me vocal. And I stood up and defended Jesus Christ in class. It was me against 30 kids and one teacher. And the next day, the teacher came in and pronounced that they lost. He said, well, it's pretty apparent that we didn't, and he actually used the term we, we didn't win that discussion yesterday. And so then one of the kids went up and, and instead of going on with that argument, which they obviously had, had lost, they went on and they had a discussion of, um, what do you believe? And he believed in reincarnation. He believed he was a reincarnated foot soldier out of the Alexander the Great's army. That's what he believed. But one of the things that came out of that class was up until that time, that was early on in my senior year in high school, up until that time, all through junior high and all through high school, I had to think twice every time before I went to the restroom. I had to think twice every time before I went into the locker room. I had to be careful on the way I chose to go home from school because there were gangs of kids who just looked for me. They wanted to beat me up in the, in the uh, bathrooms. They wanted to beat me up on the way home. And I wanted to just be one, to be a group of them. If I went to the bus stop, then they used that as an opportunity. If I was on the bus, they used that as an opportunity. So when I picked up running, it's because I didn't want to ride the bus. And so I ran to school because then I didn't have to ride the bus. And I ran home because I would beat the bus home. 
than anybody else who was on the way. And no one, pretty soon I got faster and faster and no one could catch me. But that's why we, we did that most of the time. But this thing, this one event in school changed everything. Because there was a certain gang of kids, three guys, that up until this point were one of the ones who would pick on me when I would get into the restroom or go someplace else. And they thought this was so neat that I had torn apart a teacher that they despised. And from that point on, they told me, if anybody does anything to you, they will answer to us. I never had another problem from that day forward, going home from school, in any restroom, or in any locker room. Never had a problem again. (laughs) But I had a stand for the light. Expose the works of darkness. Expose it in our schools. Expose it in our political circles. Expose it wherever we are. Because darkness comes through our media. Darkness comes through our political candidates. Darkness comes, and don't, don't rule out this political thing. You cannot separate church and the political spectrum. Because what they are trying to do in the political circles right now is what the book of Revelation has described as the spirit of Antichrist. It is alive and well and it is growing. And it is our job, as long as we are here, to fight it, not adapt to it, not vote for it, and not side with it. We, as the church, should be able to identify the spirit of Antichrist wherever it lurks. And we will battle it, and we will fight it, and we will not care what party it is in. We will fight that spirit. And you may think, well, why? I mean, then we just get to the rapture that much sooner. I am not going to show up in heaven and say, God, I sided with the Antichrist. I sided with the spirit of Antichrist. I'm not going to do it. When I get to heaven, I want God to know. Be able to say, you fought that spirit every place you saw it, every place it turned up. And every candidate who wanted to expose it, who wanted to push it along, you fought it. I don't care if people like it. I will fight it every single way, not for a political ideal, but because of the spirit of Antichrist that is engulfing our political system. Our, in this country, political system is being engulfed by this. And it almost doesn't matter who the president is anymore. But who the president is does help. You have one that recognizes it and fights against it. It's our role to see that spirit, to see that darkness, and to stand against any darkness, any form, because the Word of God tells us who it is. How can we know? You have fellowship with the light. You don't have fellowship with darkness. It's real easy to tell. (coughs) Whom would you have fellowship with? Whom would you have fellowship with? And I look at all around the political candidates that are going to be up there and are going to be begin to touting their, their own thing and what they believe and what they would do. What I want to find out is, Father God, who can I sit and have fellowship with? Who can I sit and have fellowship with the things of God on? That's going to tell me a whole lot. And it's not hard to figure it out. 
I have met Christians and in five minutes I knew this person is all flesh. I want no fellowship with them at all. All flesh. Don't need, don't need to do that. And you meet other ones and they, it's just like you're drawn to them because they're of the Spirit. They're of the fellowship with the Spirit. Oh, it's, this, there's light there. And when you're talking to each other, it's like, oh, it's light. Light's getting brighter. Oh, that's good. That's what you want. And God will help us with that. Father God, we thank you for the help that you give us in every circle that we're in to recognize darkness, to expose darkness by the light of your word, not by our powerful arguments, not by our opinions, but by the power of your word. We've got to know what your word says because that's how we expose the works of darkness. Thank you for the help that you give us, Father. In the name of Jesus.